you never know who's following you. Your future employer, your future partner, right? Uh, your future friend, they're probably following you right now and they're waiting for a reason to engage with you. So when you think about that, the next time you hit send on a tweet, it creates a different level of purpose. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast 15 years over 600 episodes featuring conversations with the biggest names in sports like David Stern, Pete Carroll, Chris Everett, Jeannie Buss, Michael Vick, Andre Iguodala, Mark Cuban, Tom Rinaldi, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, Lindsey Vaughn, Eric Spolstra, Aaron Rodgers, and Steve Nash on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the Sports Business Radio podcast on iTunes, and everyone who posts a review on iTunes will be eligible to be selected to join us in our studio audience at one of our Sports Business Radio roadshows presented by Boingo. And we're also on Spotify now, so you can find us there. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 follow by Forbes.com for three consecutive years, and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. My guest this week is Blake Lawrence, the founder and CEO of Open Doors. Really great company, great tool to help athletes and actually brands connect with each other on social media. He's built something really special, former student athlete at the University of Nebraska. So we'll talk to Blake Lawrence on our show this week. Joined in studio, as always, by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing good. And that Blake uh, interview is fascinating. You don't realize how much impact social media has when yeah. it's person to person and people are waiting to engage, waiting to hear from people. Brands are waiting to hear from people. So it's really cool. A lot of cool insight from Blake. And he's a good guy. So uh, you'll enjoy the interview for sure. Well, there's always been this struggle for brands around, gosh, how do I get to this athlete? Yeah. I can't get to their agent. I can't get to their team PR person. Like, how do I get to them? And Open Door solves this problem. They're working with Major League Baseball Players Association, NFL, PA, LPGA, PGA Tour. So, uh, they're really helping these athletes maximize their value on social media and raise their level of engagement. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Griggs, March Madness, ratings are up on CBS. The highlight of this past weekend was that Duke-UCF game, uh, 11.9 for that rating. It was the highest rated of the weekend. But look, anytime Zion is on TV in the tournament, it's must-see TV. It is. So you know the executives at CBS and Turner, although they wouldn't admit they're pulling for anyone. <laughs> You don't want Cinderella in this deal. You want Zion getting to the finals, and you want as many eyeballs on that polarizing guy as possible because when he's playing, even your grandma's gathering around the TV to go, ooh, Zion's playing. We got to watch him, and he is just a beast. I mean, in that tournament, he or in that game, he just took over 30 points. I think he had 10 rebounds, had that big three-point play at the end. Uh, he wanted the ball in crunch time, which I hadn't seen that side of him before. He wasn't afraid of the moment. So I really like watching Zion in the tournament. Every time he's on, I know I'm in front of my TV. So if he had gone out, I wouldn't have had as much interest in the tournament. Yeah, he and he's just he plays the whole floor. That's what I love about him, too. Yeah. It's the steals, it's blocks, it's rebounds, it's three-point shots, it's dunks, it's free throws. That's what's fascinating about him is he's really like an all-around player. He plays 
all aspects of basketball. So it's fun to watch. And he's having fun. He's laughing. He's smiling. Right. He's You can tell he just loves playing basketball. Yeah. And that's why I said last week when we made our predictions, I took Duke because to me, he's the most dominant college basketball player since Carmelo Anthony was at Syracuse. And you kind of just said, well, Carmelo's a man amongst boys. And then he led Syracuse to the title. I really feel like that's the case with Zion, too. He's out there playing with boys. And, and granted, UCF gave him all they wanted and could have easily won that game if that guy's tip-in goes in. But uh, it's been fun to watch the tournament so far. A lot of blowouts, which hasn't been great, but there was that classic Duke-UCF game, and we'll see what the uh, Sweet 16 holds this upcoming weekend. Other big news, Apple launched a streaming service this week, and people would be like, well, what does that have to do with sports business? Are you kidding me? Like, we could do an entire show about what that means, but let me give you the two-minute version of what that means. Now there's another major streaming service that is going to throw big money at leagues like the NFL and the NBA when those streaming rights come up. So it used to be you just got TV money, right? Now there's streaming money, and the streaming money may actually exceed the TV money at some point. What's that going to do once the streaming money comes in? I mean, the NBA got $24 billion the last time around from their TV deal. $24 billion. Digest that for a minute. Mm. When you get even more money from your streaming deal, it's going to make your franchise value go up. If you're the New York Knicks, I tweeted out this week, $5 billion to pay for them today may actually be a bargain if you bought them from James Dolan. Because when the next agreements come up for TV and for streaming rights, you're going to make a truckload. I mean, back up the Brinks truck with what (laughs) the NFL and the NBA is going to make from their streaming deals. And you've got Apple now in the mix with Amazon, who has the NFL rights, with Hulu, with Netflix. These streaming services all want a piece of that sports pie. And the NFL and the NBA are the two biggest pieces of the pie. So now Apple trots Oprah Winfrey on stage and Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and Steven Spielberg. They got a lot of money that they're coming to the table with. And they're going to throw it at some of these leagues. And Griggs, I think it's going to be... Really interesting to watch. It really is. And it's just like we've talked about for years about how streaming is becoming more on the forefront and just the ability to watch games and sports and anything wherever you are, anywhere. Right. I mean, you're, you've, you're holding a device in your hand all day long and you can watch pretty much anything you want now. And it's crazy. And also we saw just with March Madness, streaming's up 25% this year. Yeah. 25%. Yeah. That's a pretty big increase from one year. Well, and what it tells you is I always use my 14 year old daughter as the case study. That is the future consumer. She's not watching TV. She's watching everything streaming, either through her device onto TV, Apple TV, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon. That's how she's consuming. So the future consumer isn't going to be watching cable TV. They're going to be watching streaming TV. And if you're one of these entities like the NFL or the NBA, Major League Baseball, whoever, you've got to see that curve coming and you've got to be ahead of the curve and make those deals accordingly. Griggs, the other big story of this week, Michael Avenatti. Who is he? Well, he's a lawyer who has been most well-known for representing Stormy Daniels in her case against Donald Trump, lost that case. But he was arrested for extortion against Nike this week. And some of the emails that came out with 
him demanding $25 million and then $1.5 million for another client of his, he was basically saying, I have information that is damaging to Nike relating to college basketball and some big, big names. If you don't give me $25 million to be on retainer or just a one-time fee to go away and give one point five to my client, I'm going to have a press conference and I'm going to sing like a canary. <laughs> well, 14 minutes after he posted that on social media, he was arrested by the feds for extortion. So Nike's lawyers were on top of this. They saw what was coming. They reported it to the feds. But the thing that's interesting is as of this recording, Griggs, Michael Avenatti, who is out on bail, decided to take to Twitter. <laughs> and he is singing like a canary on Twitter and talking about Bull Bull being paid by University of Oregon, talking about DeAndre Ayton, who's now with the Suns, being paid by the University of Arizona. It hasn't stopped him from spilling the beans. And what will be interesting, Griggs, is Nike has not come out yet and said none of this is true. They just said they were being extorted, which they were. Maybe there is some truth to the information that Michael Avenatti has. We will see. But Griggs, look, I've said this a million times on this show. I used to consult for Nike. I was on the grassroots circuit. I saw the high school basketball scene. I saw the recruitment of LeBron. None of this surprises me anymore. You could tell me that the highest of high coaches have cheated. You could tell me that players were being paid. None of it would surprise me. In fact, I would be more surprised if I learned that they were running completely clean programs. But, Griggs, we haven't heard the end of this. And, you know, meanwhile, this is all done with the NCAA tournament in the backdrop. This is not the storylines that the NCAA wants out in between weekends of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you're right. It's The timing is bad for basketball if you're a March Madness uh, crew. But uh, it is interesting. And again, like social media, I mean, he takes to Twitter some of his tweets this morning, dropping names at Nike, yeah. dropping names of Specific. players. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I was just, before we got on the air, you told me about that, and I was looking through some of them. I'm like, wow, he's really going after it. And again, how many people are reading those? How many people are engaging with those? It's, uh, it's a fascinating story. So either he's going to be facing some big defamation suits, or slander suits, or he's going to be right, and Nike and the people being named by him are going to have to answer the music. So we will see. Uh, who knows? All right, next week we are on the road, Griggs. We are heading to Los Angeles for the Sports Business Radio Roadshow presented by Boingo. We will be sitting down at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, my alma mater, and I will be sitting down with Lakers owner Jeannie Buss, Griggs, so many things to discuss with Jeannie and the state of the Lakers, the state of the NBA, uh, some decisions she's made, some decisions she faces ahead. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, I mean, we had Jeannie a couple years ago at USC, and she was fascinating then, and now it's just like, think about how much has happened since yeah. that 2015 show. Uh, she's great, and she, it's a great conversation. It's going to be fun, and of course, we'll be posting the show right afterwards, so you'll be able to hear it for those that aren't uh, in attendance. So follow us on Twitter at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. And if you want to follow along with the conversation on Tuesday, April 2nd, it's hashtag SBR, like Sports Business Radio LMU, like Loyola Marymount University. Hashtag SBR LMU, and you'll be able to follow along with, with what's going on. We're going to be sitting down for this conversation at 4 p.m. Pacific time on April 2nd in Los Angeles. We'll have invited guests and students and faculty from Loyola Marymount University. And 
Hopefully later that night, everything works technically, we will post <laughs> that conversation yep. and you'll be able to listen to what Jeannie had to say on a variety of topics. So coming up next, Blake Lawrence, the co-founder and CEO of Open Doors. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I know many of our Sports Business Radio listeners and my friends with pro sports teams fly by private or charter plane. So let me offer you the scattering report that will save you time and money. When flying into or out of New York City, there can often be long delays. That's why you want to fly into the brand new, pristine Republic Jet Center, located in Farmingdale, New York. That's just 30 minutes outside of New York City, making it the airport with the fastest time into Manhattan. Don't get caught up in delays flying into Teterboro or White Plains. Choose Republic Jet Center and you'll experience all the reasons why you chose to fly privately. Republic Jet Center is a full-service, signature-select FBO that delivers an unparalleled level of customer service and safety to the private and charter jet industry. Enjoy Republic Jet Center's luxurious lobby and contemporary lounge in their new 100,000-square-foot facility. The concierge staff will gladly assist you with making any reservations you need while you're in New York City, from ground transportation arrangements, dining reservations, or even helping you with chartering a helicopter flight to Manhattan or the Hamptons. That'd be nice. Their comprehensive white glove FBO service and premier affiliations are compelling reasons why aircraft owners and operators benefit from selecting Republic Jet Center. Whenever I fly private in or out of New York City for the Sports PR Summit or the Sports Business Radio Roadshow, I now have a terrific new option, Republic Jet Center. For more information, visit RepublicJetCenter.com or call them at 631-881-9520. Follow them on Twitter at Republic Jet Center, and that's C-T-R for center, or on Instagram at Republic Jet Center. Republic Jet Center, the official private airport partner of Sports Business Radio and the Sports PR Summit. My guest is Blake Lawrence. He is the co-founder and CEO of Open Doors. Open Doors has become the world's leading athlete marketing platform. You can follow Blake on Twitter at Blake underscore Lawrence. You can follow Open Doors on social media at Open Doors. Blake, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? I'm doing well, Brian. Thanks for having me on. I want to start with your founder story for those people who aren't familiar with Open Doors or you, you played college football at University of Nebraska, so you have a background as an elite athlete. From there, tell us how you started Open Doors back in 2012. Yeah, the the story does start at Nebraska, and it starts uh, in a dorm room at Nebraska. My co-founder, Adi Kanalik, and I both played football there. We met day one of college. He's a kicker. I was a linebacker, so already a great pair. Um, <laughs> and, you know... We we both played as true freshmen. Uh, Adi started four years, actually ended up playing in the NFL. Uh, my journey was a little different. I had concussion issues. So uh, midway through my junior year, you know, I had to hang up the cleats. So one day I was a starting linebacker in Nebraska. The next day it was uh, asking myself, what's next? And for me that was um, a trying time. I think everybody has that moment where they, they get to change their identity. And for uh, all intents and purposes, I wanted to keep uh, focused on something I'm passionate about. And that was entrepreneurship and marketing. And Audie and I started a social media agency in 2010 that we built up to 25 employees and sold. Um, and it was at that agency that we discovered this problem that we became obsessed with solving. And that is 
uh, athletes were dominating every conversation in sports. The guys that we played with at Nebraska were now in the NFL, and whatever they said would generate 10 to 20 times higher engagement than all these businesses that we were helping with on social media. Um, And so we started to help these athletes maximize the value of social, but the problem that we discovered is that these guys, uh, while they have so much power and influence, it's really challenging to get them to actually share the right piece of content on the right platform at the right time that would help them engage fans, grow their fans, help support their sponsors or partners. So um, we built Open Doors to solve that problem, to really just to help athletes share content on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, simple technology. And we built it for, you know, the first athlete was Prince Anukamara, one of my best friends who played at Nebraska. He showed it to his, his uh, buddies, Eric Decker and Golden Tate and Demarius Thomas, and the NFLPA called us. And now, you know, six and a half, seven years later, um, more than 6,000 athletes around the world use Open Doors today to uh, publish content to their social media channels. And, and I'm proud of it. But those early days were really just stumbling upon something uh, and realizing tremendous opportunity, but a, a problem uh, really wasn't allowing athletes to maximize the value of social media. And today, I I believe we've helped solve that problem. So walk us through the process of using Open Doors. If I'm a company who has something to promote and I want to promote it via an athlete, because there's two sides of this, right? There's the brands that want to connect with the athletes and then There's the athletes who want to help promote the brands they're working with or just do a a sponsored post. Can you walk us through, like if I'm an agent listening to this conversation or I'm an athlete listening to this conversation or brand, I know it can be a little wonky, but walk us through what that process looks like. Yeah, no, and it applies to all of those. So if you're listening and if you've ever had uh, a to-do written down that was get athlete to post blank on Twitter, <laughs> good luck right good good luck i mean that is that is then empathize like we know you we understand that it is challenging it's hard and it doesn't have to be um so athletes connect their twitter facebook instagram uh channels to open doors it's a simple sign up takes about 30 seconds for these guys and then they're they're open doors users for life right so the same athletes that signed up six years ago still use open doors every day today and once they have their social channels connected, anyone that would like to have that athlete publish content to Twitter, Facebook, or, or Instagram, they can pay for an account with Openers, use Openers, log in, and upload a photo, video, GIF, write out a message. They can schedule out the content, and they just hit send. And then wherever that athlete is, they receive a text message, click a link, and it shows them exactly what uh, the partner wants them to say the photo, video, the message, the date and time, the platform. And Brian, there's a big green button and there's a little red button. And <laughs> if they like the message, they hit the green button and then Open Doors does the rest. We distribute the content automatically on their social channels. We track and analyze the reach, engagement, and, and different metrics. So it really handles the entire workflow from I want this athlete to say this thing to seeing that post go live on their social feed and seeing the data come in on the effectiveness of that content at that date and time. So, um, yeah, we've brought it to that point where if you've ever had the struggle of working with athletes to help them share content on social, um, we have a solution for you. 
I want to talk for a minute about engagement. And for you and I, we know what engagement is on social media. There are some listeners, though, that don't really know what the difference between engagement is and having a lot of followers on a social media platform. Can you talk for a minute or two about why engagement is so important for advertisers and ultimately the athletes who are putting posts out? You want to have that engagement, not just the one-way conversation. Yeah, Brian, I think if I'll give you a visual example, um, there's probably a time recently where you had Instagram open or Twitter open and you're scrolling and you're, you're tapping like you're hitting, you know, retweet, you're hitting comment like that scroll, tap, tap, scroll, tap, tap melody that most viewers know today in social media. Um, engagement is that, that moment where you slow your scroll, consume the content and decide to like it, comment, retweet it, share it, whatever the, the platform allows. And that engagement, um, to visualize that for anyone that's using social media, you're not competing necessarily to get the most followers. You're competing uh, versus the post above and below yours in the feed and making sure that when people see your uh, profile picture, your name, your handle, and then the piece of content you're sharing with them, that they slow their scroll that it stands out from the post above and below, and they take time to actually engage with it. Um, And that's the metric that we really coach up to teams, leagues, athletes, sponsors, and advertisers, that uh, if you are looking to stand out in a very noisy world that is social media today, you have to have something uh, that gets the consumer to slow their scroll. And there's a secret to it. Uh, There's a secret to what type of content slows their scroll, but in the world of sports, athletes have an advantage over everyone else. And we can talk about what that advantage is, but the the engagement uh, is really your ability to have anyone that's following you actually slow down um, and interact with whatever you share with them because that is what's going to drive long-term value is that relationship that's forged every time you show up in the feed and turn it into an engaging uh, relationship. So let's do a quick case study on this. Juju Smith-Schuster, who played at USC, is now a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not the best player in the NFL, probably not even the best wide receiver in the NFL. But according to you and others I've spoken with, he's the most engaging player on social media in the NFL. Here's the million-dollar question, Blake. What's the secret sauce that makes Juju Smith-Schuster so engaging? Uh, he understands his audience and he plays to his audience and Juju is fun. I mean, he's built something around, you know what to expect from him in his feed. I mean, there's a piece of content he shared just yesterday. Uh, that's a photo of him and big Ben, uh, it's on a Monday in the middle of the off season, no buzz, no, no reason to share the content um, outside of just trying to give his fans something to engage with. And it says, you know, I came into the league with the Hall of Fame quarterback, thankful to be a part of this team. And that is just playing to the fact that he's got so many of his fans that are Steelers fans, right, that love Ben Roethlisberger and love this connection, love the, the relationship they have. But he also has so many people that follow him because, He's young in the league, and he he's being different. But then there's older fans that follow him that want to show that he has respect for the uh, 
you know, older generation of, of players in the league. So, you know, one message, if you break it down, plays to each type of person that's going to follow him. And I think that Juju stands out in his understanding of that. And he, the word pander is sometimes has a negative connotation, but to engage your audience, you must first understand what do they want from you. And Juju knows what his audience wants, and he gives it to them on a regular basis. Well, the thing that really drew me to him, I had met him when he was at USC, but when he, I think he was a rookie with the Steelers, and someone stole his bike at training camp, and it became this viral sensation, like, help Juju find his stolen bike. And the personality he displayed around that and the way he engaged with people who were trying to help him find his stolen bike was genius. Yeah, and it was uh, it's authentic. I mean, the guy is truly... Um He's he's fun. I mean, it, it, it's authentic, but it also it's it's become now more intentional. He understands what this is. And Juju is is one of the most asked for names in, among all NFL sponsors and licensees of players in the league that they want to partner with because of the uh, positive image that he has that he's built through social media, the fun image that he has. I mean, we're we're going to be releasing a series soon, Brian. Uh, that's a, a conversation Juju and I had last summer. Um, in person before the season started, going into his second year. And he says in, in that, that series, he said, Juju equals fun, right? Like that is what Juju uh, stands for. That's his brand. And athletes that are uh, have convictions on who they are and what they want to stand for um, have a way of building an audience that, that people like to engage with. A- another name in the media right now is Rob Gronkowski. And right. Rob is universally loved and respected, and that is hard to do when you are on that franchise at that level of success to have the the uh, love that he has. But Rob built his brand around being fun, and I think that in so many polarizing personalities in sports, those two stand out as some that are enjoyable to talk about. Well, I like Shaq, too. I mean, you see him DJing, you see him dancing. I love the Shaq and a Fool that TNT has where they engage people and they put out people who are making silly plays during the game. So those are the fun follows out there. Let's talk about some of your uh, corporate deals or your partnerships. You work with the NFL Players Association. You work with the LPGA. And the big news today is you just made an agreement with the Major League Baseball Players Association. Let's walk through each of those. Maybe we can start with the agreement made today with MLBPA. Yeah, MLB Players Association is a partnership that we're incredibly excited about, really serving as our social media activation partner. Uh, and breaking that down, the MLB players have a highly engaged audience on social media. I mean, when players in the MLB post content to social it does slow the scroll, right? Their fans want to stop and consume it. challenge with that is, is that MLB players don't share often. I mean, they have a, a real struggle with consistency, and it, a lot of it's due to the way the sport is structured. Um, and so the, having games every day and traveling and that sort of thing, so it's hard for them to slow down and actually engage with their audience on social. Um, but the MLBPA knows how important and valuable that is for the future of the sport. Um, as well as the relationships they have with sponsors and licensees. So this initiative is really about making it easy for MLB players to 
share content that's provided to them by sponsors of the MLB, by licensees of the MLBPA, um, by the teams they play for, the league they play in, um, all these entities that are, are invested, fully invested, in ensuring that, that baseball um, succeeds in the social media era uh, and really revitalizes that relationship they've had with the American sports fans for a century or more. Um, all of these partners are directly invested, but they now have come to a point where they realize that the players are going to be the key to sharing uh, the story of today's baseball and MLBPA making this investment um, and providing the platform to all the players is really going to open up the opportunities for sponsors and licensees and even the league itself to push more content to players to help them share their story and re-engage that uh, fan base. You're listening to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Blake Lawrence, the co-founder and CEO of Open Doors. We'll be right back after this. The 2019 Sports PR Summit presented by the Players' Tribune will take place on Tuesday, May 21st at the Players' Tribune headquarters in New York City. The Sports PR Summit brings together senior PR and social media executives from across the sports world along with elite athletes and national media members for a full day of on-stage discussions and networking. All attendees leave with ready-to-apply best practices and with a better understanding of how to maximize relationships with the media and the athletes they work with. This year's Sports PR Summit lineup features NBA Commissioner Emeritus David Stern, Sports Illustrated Executive Editor and 60 Minutes Correspondent John Wartime, and an exclusive roundtable discussion featuring elite athletes who work with the Players' Tribune. Past Sports PR Summit speakers have included NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, NASCAR legend Jeff Gordon, NFL greats Michael Vick, Demarcus Ware, and Anquan Bolden, WNBA greats Lisa Leslie and Swin Cash, ESPN reporters Tom Rinaldi and Jeremy Schapp, The Atlantic reporter Jamel Hill, and my friend New York Knicks head coach David Fisdale. The Sports PR Summit has sold out each of its first six years. We only have 125 spots for senior PR and social media executives. Reserve your spot today by visiting sportsprsummit.com. I'll see you at the 2019 Sports PR Summit on May 21st at the Players' Tribune in New York City. Now back to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Blake Lawrence. Yeah, it's really interesting, Blake. Because if you look at the NBA players, even if you're like the 10th guy on a bench, like it's in the DNA of NBA players to be active and engaging on social media. But it hasn't been that way. You're right with Major League Baseball. So I think they really do need a tool like yours. And even at the basic level, they need some training on how to be engaging and when to post and how to show some personality because they seem so different than the players I follow that are NBA players or NFL players on social media. No, they are. And I think there's a, I'm in Detroit right now and meeting with, there's NHL club business meetings going on. Um, so all the teams are in town and having conversations with, with folks throughout this. And I bring that up because there are similarities between NHL players and MLB players mm. as compared to NFL and NBA. And, you know, doing this for, seven years now um, you do see some stark differences in the way in which these athletes become professionals uh, 
the path to professional basketball and football is a very sexy one. You start getting recruited when you're a teenager. You are, you're catered to across the country as a superstar. You show up on campus and you've got everything provided to you. Um, then you have baseball players who even the, the best player in baseball, uh, who will be a number one draft pick and get a great bonus is going to go straight to the minor leagues and, um, stay in, you know, bad hotels and travel on buses for three or four years before they get a sniff at the majors. And what that is is a humbling experience. And that same humbling experience exists in baseball and hockey. Uh, a lot of these hockey players have spent a lot of time couch surfing, trying to make it to the next level. And so they're humbled by the time they get to that level. And it's almost uh, counter to their nature to talk about themselves. And social media is really built around giving athletes the platform to share their story. Um, sometimes these baseball players are scared to share their story for fear that they might go right back to where they started hmm. in the minors. Um, and so I think that has an impact on their likelihood to invest at a high level on social. But that does not uh, decrease the importance of them making this investment, especially as it pertains to building the future of the sport. So if you're someone listening to this conversation right now, and I said, Blake, give me your three or four ingredients to being a successful brand on social media. And by brand, I mean, you know, if you're an athlete, uh, if you're a minor league player, whoever you are, and you're trying to make waves on social media and get noticed and be engaging, give me your three to four ingredients for doing that. I would, first, it's kind of like a who, what, when, where type uh, conversation, right? Um, so starting with who, actually, let's start with why. Why? What is your goal? Like it, social media doesn't need to be for everybody, but if you do make the investment, a- ask why are you doing it? What are you trying to get out of it? Are you trying to build an audience that lasts for your retirement? Are you trying to build uh, an audience that helps you get more sponsor deals? Or if you're a student athlete, are you trying to build an audience? Um, so you can get a job after you're done, right? Um, so why matters? But then understanding who. So who follows you? Why do they follow you? You know, if you could understand Sports Illustrated breaking down page by page, uh, they're going to put more football and basketball and baseball content in Sports Illustrated than maybe lacrosse simply because they understand a large percentage of your audience reads the magazine because they're a football fan. So understanding why people follow you and who follows you and creating content to serve that audience. And then the what side of things is visual content um, is what every algorithm on the planet wants to see. They want to see photos and videos in the feed, and consumers want that too. So uh, have a goal, understand your audience, share visual content, photos and videos, and then it's when. And this is probably the biggest challenge. A lot of athletes have a, that do a good job when they slow down to find content and post it. Um, But the average athlete shares six pieces of content a month, right? So six posts on social an entire month. The average influencer or mommy blogger or uh, comedian or celebrity on social shares six posts a day, right? The average sports team will share 30 a day. Yeah. So we're talking about like, these guys are sharing six posts a month and we're getting better about it. But the others that are dominating conversations online are sharing six posts before breakfast. So it's about frequency. 
um, as a way to re-engage your audience on a daily basis. But all of that tying back to uh, the visual component, understanding who's following you, and then ultimately aligning with your goals. Um, those four things combined, like why are you doing this, who's following you, uh, what are you sharing, and how often, like those are the things that will help you. So yeah, that we're, we're in a, a, an interesting time when you think about those comparison of how frequently athletes share content compared to the most popular names and faces on social media. Let's talk about the LPGA Tours Drive On campaign. I know that you're a big part of that campaign. Tell us about that, if you would. Yeah, the Drive On campaign, LPGA, is putting uh, a lot of effort behind the women's movement to to motivating the next generation um, of of female athletes and, and empowering them to uh, embrace sports. And one of the things LPJ knows is that their the LPJ name means a heck of a lot, and across all levels of sports, um, male, female, it's just just all levels of sports. Uh, but the players, the players themselves within LPJ they know that the next generation of golfers are going to be introduced to the game and encouraged to uh, play the game, not by you know the the letters LPGA, but from people like Michelle Wee, you know, and Stacy Lewis, and those those names and faces that are actually on the course playing the sport. So uh, LPGA put together this video uh, that is a powerful commercial and. Um, and distributed it through every female, uh, every golfer on tour, as well as females outside of golf, and asked um, you know, women soccer players and basketball players and volleyball players, anyone um, that has an influence over a young female, uh, you know, aspirational athlete, uh, to share that message. And I think that's one of the coolest things that we get to see is just by providing a platform that allows. Uh, people to think what happens if I push this content through athletes, you start to see some really creative uses of that um, where everybody wins, the LPGA wins, the athletes win. And uh, ultimately that next athlete that sees that video and decides to go to the range and and hit another bucket of balls or go to the court and shoot another um, round of shots or, um, you know, that puts them down a path to being a future influencer in the world of sports. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. I know we've already talked about Juju. Who are some other men and women athletes that you say, wow, they're really using this social media platform well? Um, I'm, I'm going to do a quick search, and I appreciate you asking that question. Because um, I think and, people are either and, looking for good follows or they just want to see, like, give me examples of athletes that are doing this well. Um, yeah, so this is kind of going right up to your world. Uh, Sabrina, is it, how do you say her last name, Lonescu? Yes, right, from University of Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, she's triple-double the other day. Yes, yes. And what she has right now is a captive audience. Um, and every athlete is going to have ups and downs and um, times when people are want to talk about them and times that they're forgotten. Um but the moments when people are talking about them embracing and showcasing her personality, that's something that Sabrina has done recently with, uh, she posted, I think it was just yesterday, about 
when she gets triple doubles, um, people flood her comments on Instagram, and it's their typical um, just hecklers, you know, uh, haters, right? Talking about go to the kitchen. I mean, it's like offensive things, right? But rather than uh, maybe responding negatively, like she's embraced this and, and kind of used her platform to say, like, I'm going to be me. Like, I comment section doesn't phase me. They're talking about cooking. Well, I've been serving up triple doubles lately, you know? Right. And that that is an example of a college student athlete um, understanding that I'm going to use this window of opportunity to showcase how I think about sports. And I think the best athletes do things like that at a high level. And to bring as an example too, Brian, of, of this young athlete, that has grown up on social. This is what they know. They post, they're posting definitely more often than their, their elder peers in the sport. Um, and they've embraced the, uh, potential negative, right. That people are going to come at you, but, uh, as well as the positive that you can build a, a brand or a personality that people want to follow. I mean, Dwayne Wade quote tweets Sabrina just yesterday. And that's a, a big name recognizing uh, a female athlete that is performing at a high level on a national stage right now. So all those things combined, I think Sabrina came to mind quickly as a real-time example. Yeah, and it's interesting, too. This could be a whole other podcast, but Sabrina is a college athlete, so she can't take money for endorsements or being paid for posts on social media. But what she can do is do what she's doing right now, which is build a following and then if she goes and plays in the WNBA, now her following that she brings with her has a lot of value to the team, to the league, and to sponsors, right? No doubt. And that's what a lot of these uh, athletes, again, they're starting to build their value while student-athletes, that they can turn it into whatever the heck they want. I mean, that is the, the best part about this is if they go pro, it may turn into a sponsorship deal. It may help their team sell more tickets. If they don't, if they're, they're Joe's like me, you know, uh, and Ron, I, I say that openly, but uh, like when I was done at Nebraska, I had a thousand followers and uh, a couple media members were those followers. And I got asked to co-host a local television show less than a year after I was done playing football only because the, the producer followed me on Twitter, hmm. you know, and that, that will happen more often than an athlete getting paid $1,000, $10,000, $20,000 to post a piece of sponsored content on Twitter. Like Those things are great, and for those that can get it, that is fantastic. But every athlete has an opportunity to build an audience that stays with them for a lifetime and may give them their first job. They may support a, a charity that they, they care about. Um, those people that follow athletes are, are real people, and they want to know their story. So student-athletes are really building something while on campus that – will last well beyond their playing days. And, and that's a fantastic movement across sports or colleges investing and in helping their student-athletes build their brands on social. Well, and you bring up such a great point because I think the thing about social media is that people feel like, even if it's not true, like I have a chance of getting a response from this person that would probably never talk to me otherwise. I'll give you a great example. So we're coming up on our 15th anniversary of Sports Business Radio in mid-April. And I sent out a tweet of, here are some people still on my bucket list that I haven't interviewed in 15 years that I still want to interview. Billie Jean King, tennis great, icon, was on my list. She followed me, 
And then I got a follow-up email and DM from her publicist, and hopefully sometime later this year, Billie Jean King is going to join us on Sports Business Radio. But that whole correspondence was done through social media. I would have probably never gotten to her otherwise. And it just makes you feel like, okay, there's a chance that you can get to someone if you want to get to them on a social media platform. No, 100%. And that is the value of this is that social media, um, while the feeds are getting uh, fed with more and more logos, right, and you're seeing brands pop up and sponsors and teams and leagues like trying to separate themselves from others to get, get attention, the very basis of social media is a person-to-person connection, right, and that we're all seeking to connect, right, and uh, it's amazing when it, it it's like, wow, these, this is real, right? When I hit send on this, people see it, and people want to connect with people, and, and I think that's a fantastic example. And, um, yeah, you you never know who's following you, but for most uh, – hell, this is probably true across all, all levels of not even in sports, not just sports business, but your future employer, your future partner, right, uh, your future friend, they're probably following you right now. Um, and they're waiting for a reason to engage with you. So when you think about that, the next time you hit send on a tweet, um, it it creates a different level of purpose. And I think that that's a great example that you just shared. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, Open Doors is going to be presenting our networking lunch at the 2019 Sports PR Summit, May 21st at the Players Tribune in New York City. I always enjoy seeing you and your team, Blake, and I appreciate your support of our event. And uh, it's going to be a fun one this year. It is, Brian. You always put on a great event. And I think that if there's someone listening that has not been to Sports PR Summit and you got to get from now until then to get budget approved, travel plan, do it. It's it's a good time. It's great people. And this is it's real. It's pure. It's, it's uh, the roots of this event. I mean, the first time we've, we've been doing this for several years now, right, Brian? Yes. Um, and, and the first time we came, we said, well, these are real people that are opening up and sharing um, insights that they've spent decades learning and they're sharing it on stage i think there's not many opportunities in sports where it's uh, about sharing and that's an environment that you've created so yes yeah, sports pr summit is something that we're proud to support and we'll continue to support for years and, and thankful to be a part of it well and we're going to have uh nba commissioner emeritus david stern one of my favorite people uh on stage this year in addition to others but uh you know it's interesting seeing david now uh no longer the commissioner of the NBA, he's a little more candid than uh, he was when he was commissioner. So that's always fun to get him in these situations. Yeah, no, it is. And I think that, that those types of personalities, the names that you get to bring in, I mean, uh, is, is always fantastic. And there's usually some surprises. So David will be a good one. He's really also invested into sports technology. Right. And a guy that has, has embraced the future of technology intersecting with sports and i think he'll probably share some of that along with some war stories so it'll be good to listen to him blake lawrence the co-founder and ceo of open doors follow him on twitter at blake underscore lawrence you can follow open doors on social media at open doors and you can follow them online at opendoors.com blake thanks so much for joining us on sports business radio i look forward to seeing you very soon all right thanks brian take care You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. 
bringing you the biggest names in sports business. Without further ado, we all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. Let's welcome the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert. Give him a hand. Let's give a big hand to USC alum and co-owner of the Lakers and president of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. Thank you so, so much for having me, Brian. It was very, very kind, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Sir Charles, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How you doing this morning? Today's guest is Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale. You're the man, Barrett. My guest is tennis icon Chris Albert. It was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Pleased to welcome to the show... Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA Draft. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio. Open Doors helps athletes share content on social. Founded in 2012 by two former Nebraska football players, Open Doors has become the world's leading athlete marketing platform. More than 6,000 athletes around the world use Open Doors to receive content from partners and publish to their personal social channels like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all with one click. Open Doors makes it easier than ever before for brands, including sponsors and licensees and properties, to push approved content through the players' social channels. Leading sports organizations like the PGA Tour, NFL Players Association, Major League Baseball Players Association, the LPGA, and dozens of professional and collegiate sports teams use the platform to send video highlights, photos, GIFs, and more to athletes. The publishing process is very easy and convenient. Once registered, athletes receive a text message when their team, league, or brand partner has content for them to share on social media. The athlete simply reviews the content and hits approve. Open Doors does the rest. If you're an athlete, start using Open Doors as a tool today to build your personal brand and maximize your value on social media. If you're a brand trying to connect with athletes who you thought you'd never be able to gain access to on your own, Open Doors is your solution. Open Doors makes athletes more accessible to the people who support them. Visit opendoors.com or follow them on social media at opendoors. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. Thanks to Hadley Heck. She's a student athlete at Portland State University, and she's our new Sports Business Radio intern. I want to welcome ZipRecruiter to our family of sponsors. Again, really happy to have them on board. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash SBR. Happy to have them on board. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and of course at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.